Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to another episode of Training Well Done, your podcast on the what, the why, and the how of quality training. Here with your host, Coach Donald, your coach on running. Now, today we want to talk about when you only have an hour to train and you want to get a run and a lift in, how should you structure the lift? I want to hop into that. Uh, you might be seeing this uh, podcast, seeing, listening to this podcast because of the Instagram video uh, that I dropped. On regards to that, if you are welcome, please subscribe and listen to some of the previous episodes. Drop some good content on here. It's pretty quick. Uh, this is your reminder um, that you should run your easy runs easy. Okay. I just had a conversation with somebody who actually helped me record that video who's an Olympic marathoner. And he gave me two really good gems, but one gem is what I say to you all the time. The other gem was actually really good for me. One of those gems was if you are running in the middle, and when we say in the middle, it's not fast enough to be a quality speed session, but it's not easy enough to actually feel easy. Those are quote unquote junk miles. Those are wasted efforts. They're not fast enough to make you fast and they're not slow enough to actually be allowing you the room to recover and just work your aerobic endurance up without a heavy cost. Often, in my experience, and I've said this on this podcast before, high schoolers, especially sometimes um, some of the girls who are very serious runners, tend to get this wrong. I've seen boys get this wrong as well when they get really intense um, and then they get hurt. I think that, at least socially in high school, in my experience coaching, the high school boys in the cross-country team tend to screw around so much that they inadvertently make their easy runs easy, even if they weren't really trying to, because they're just goofing around, um, and whether they're fast or not, especially the fast ones, actually, sometimes. Whereas some of the girls who tend to be fast, I've experienced them to be much more serious. So they just run fast all the time, and then they get hurt. Um, across the board, your easy days, call your mom, talk on the phone, and she shouldn't be able to tell you that you're running, right? And your hard days should be blisteringly hard based on whatever that pace is. The other thing I got from him, I'm training for my first marathon. Well, I'm not training yet. I'm building up basically my base capacity before I even start the marathon training plan here in January, February. And he gave me this really cool tidbit, especially he said for somebody who's new to running marathons like I am. And just honestly, I'm still pretty green to endurance training in general. I've only been like doing endurance running of any semi-regularity since COVID. And I've only really been training since last fall as far as like consistently trying to keep a certain mileage and run a lot and actually executing on that as well. That your long runs, especially like for a marathon, he was like, once you build up to like 10 miles, he actually suggested that you do a longer run every other week. So let's say you get to 10 miles in the first four or five weeks. Then you do 10 miles this week for your long run. Next week, you do a 12-mile long run. The other week, you go back and do a 10-mile long run, and you go back and do 14. And you do a 10-mile long run again, do 16, and you can work your way up that way. And the logic makes sense as a coach and as a sports scientist. I just haven't really thought about it in a programming sense that you don't have to live in a seven-day cycle. And in that flow, what you can do is be able to recover well because instead of doing 12-mile weekend, 14-mile weekend, the next weekend, you do a 12-mile weekend and you do something less, 
you can be more recovered for a long run. And your speed session, you can actually have a more quality speed session on a down volume week. And at the end of the day, if you're going to be racing a marathon, quote unquote, and you know, trying to hit a good time, then you need to be able to spend a lot of your miles running at that marathon pace, and especially in the long run. And so if you're able to do that, it allows you that room while being able to recover. And if you don't do a long run every weekend, like that's, you know, always each week, each weekend is not super long, then you don't spend the entire beginning of the next week trying to just recover from the workout, which makes a lot of sense to me. So anyways, those are my two tidbits for you. Let's hop into the podcast. So I do this a lot, actually. I own a gym. I'm a coach. I'm in a gym a lot. I do not lift that much. Um, I get my high, if I'm going to be honest with you, from running. I enjoy lifting and I enjoy being strong. Um, but I'm not trying to lift all the time. Let's, I would. It's just I don't. And what I often do that keeps me consistent is running and then lifting. I do not like warming up to go lift. Like when I go lift, yeah, you can like do an exercise with a really light weight and that can, you know, get the joints greased and get your body warmed up. But I don't like doing that. And I don't like going all the stretching. Like there's a whole slew of things that I just personally don't like to do that on my own. If I go to one of my coaches sessions, I go through the whole thing. I love doing it in that context. I hate making myself do that. With running, you know, I do go through a full warm-up on my um, long runs and on my workout runs. For my shorter recovery runs or just trying to get some base miles and I do like three, four, five miles, I might do a very quick warm-up. And I see a very quick warm-up. Just do some stretches, get the blood flowing, get the uh, range of motion in my knees going so that those are ready to go and I can handle things, but like I might warm up for like 90 seconds. Uh, for a longer run or a speed workout, I'm going to do a lot more. And, you know, if I'm running like two, three, or four miles, I'm probably just going to start running. And, you know, I, I know I say, you need to like warm up. And I should. I just, I'm like you. I don't always. Why is there a cop flying through here? So anyways, when I have that hour, especially that hour involves me just going a three-mile run, I go out, boom, I hit the three-mile run, and now I'm warmed up to lift because I just ran. So then I'm excited to go lift because I just ran, and now my adrenaline's pumping, my blood's going, and I feel good, and now I want to lift. But I have 30 minutes. Sometimes if I do four miles, I might only have 20 minutes left. What in the world should I do? Well, what I generally like to do is pick a lower body exercise that I'm going to focus on. I'm not going to talk about the upper body stuff I do. I usually do like a squat and a, uh, a pull exercise, like a squat and upper body pull, and then a hinge and an upper body push. That's usually my flow, and I'll pick four exercises there. Sometimes I'll just do straight lower body, and I want to check my boxes with my lower body. And there's four main boxes I want to check. When I do a lower body session, and generally going to try to check at least two or three of those each time. First, I want to do a squat. We want to squat. We need to get the quads stronger, and we need to you need to stimulate your um, patellar tendon and quad ligament. So, or quad tendon and patellar ligament. And so, being able to squat hits that great. 
especially slow tempoed squats they're fantastic for that we want to be able to hinge that's like rdl's deadlifts you want to be able to get that posterior chain your hamstrings and your glutes together that's an important part of being able to run healthy and we want to be able to work on one leg often this can be three main exercises that i might do in a single leg i might do a single leg deadlift which is uh, really good again glutes and hamstrings but also being on one leg gets more of the outer glutes or your upper butt involved your glute medius your glute maximus your hip external rotators with that we'll also go ahead and do maybe a lateral lunge which more pointedly targets those glute medius those hip uh, stabilizers um, if you ever have pain on the outside of your knee and it's pretty like superficial there's a good chance your IT band is tight and you should roll out your upper like hip muscles and work on some strength exercises for them and that can make that go away like in the moment really oftentimes and especially on the long term and and then the other thing is I like to do lunges or split squats which target those quads a lot and target the glutes and if you're angled a certain way but they still work on the glute stabilizers um, and being able to get those stimulated and then your lower leg gets stimulated from that as well so we want to be able to squat hinge work on one leg that's either squatting or hinging on one leg and then the other thing we want to do a target point target points are areas of the body that are prone to injury so that is your uh, hip flexor your hamstrings your calves your uh, maybe your glute meat actually your shin muscles right your core and whatever shoulders these joints that people tend to have issues with that require them to be dealt with with very specific exercises so that is a quick and dirty of how you can go into the gym and do that i typically like to do two or three sets of each of like four exercises for anywhere from eight to 15 reps um, usually I'm incorporating some sort of slow tempo for them as well. So that is the gist there. You can mix uh, mix and match those as seems fit best for you. And yeah, I am now at the dealership to get this car tire situation handled. So that is what I am doing right now. I will talk to you on the next episode. You stay well. Get strong, run healthy, run happy. I don't think this is a good idea. I should work here. All right. Ciao.